It's time for the Phenology Show. Phenology is the rhythmic biological nature of events as they relate to climate. And though I have been eagerly anticipating some bud break here in February, which is unheard of, uh, I have not found it uh, outside of a, a red elderberry that is kind of tucked into a little corner between uh, an old outhouse and the sauna. Uh, it, uh, it's got a little bit of a southeastern aspect and gets a little bit of heat reflecting off of those two structures. And it put out, back in early February, it opened three buds. Since then, it's only just uh, peeled back the initial scale. So on the on the red elderberry bud, which is um, well, it's not. It's about the size of a cranberry. It's not as big as a grape. It's not as small as a as a pin cherry. It's sort of uh, oh, you know, like uh, maybe a three eighths, five sixteenths of an inch across. Anyway. They are swelling, and uh, the first scales are kind of peeling back, but there are scales underneath that are still protecting the flowers. I did not see any open flowers yesterday. I checked nannyberry. I checked um, black chokeberry. I checked pin cherry, choke cherry, juneberry, oak, uh, both white and red. Um, Anyway... The upshot is that uh, there really isn't any uh, sign of bud break. Oh, in the uh, in the Canada fly honeysuckle, there is some uh, just a bit of swelling in the buds. These things bud out pretty early, typically the first part of April. Um, so we're like a month ahead on these. So I wouldn't expect much, but they're they're the the fly honeysuckle buds are looking uh, they're looking as though they might get into the action before too long. So I will be keeping a close eye on those and the Juneberries. The uh, and I don't know there are a bunch of different species of Juneberries, but the the ones at my house have these uh, feathery white hairs that sort of begin to emerge along the seams of the bud. And those hairs are visible now, both on the domesticated variety that I have growing by my deck and in the woods back on the, uh, back on the trails. The Juneberries back there also have the same little tiny fine white hairs that are just starting to appear. So they're, yeah, you know, it's been a mild winter, but... The plants seem to know they're they're kind of holding their holding their own. I did have a note uh, back last week on Tuesday. I said, "Beware the beguiling nature of the lilac bud," and I've been watching my lilacs, and they can get awfully green, and they can get awfully swollen, but they are also not going to go anywhere until their time arrives, and and so. Uh, I've been fooled by the by the lilac buds many, many, many years in a row. I'm not fooled now, and I will not be beguiled by any lousy little lilac bud, regardless of its attempts to entice my eye and fool me into thinking it's going to break bud. 
Nature's Notebook, which is one of the phenology uh, systems that I use, and I encourage you to uh, maybe check it out online. It's just, uh, let's see, NPN USA. Well, just Google Nature's Notebook, and you'll find the you'll find the site. Uh, at any rate, um, that that tracking program for phenology is one that I use, and and it is uh, it's showing me that when the lilac does break bud, they don't count the bud as being broken until the widest part of the emerging leaf has cleared the scale. So not the tip of the leaf, not that crack in the bud that shows green, which on most other plants would be like, okay, bud break. On the lilac, they nature's notebook says it's not, not bud, it doesn't have bud break until the widest part of the emerging leaf is free of the scale. So beware the beguiling nature of the lilac. It will t- attempt to fool you for a good long time before it actually comes out. The bald eagles have been really active around my nest. Uh, they have been bringing in sticks and grasses, and typically uh, about a week from now, uh, I think the 8th of March is my average first date for uh, the eagles to begin sitting on eggs. So I've been watching yesterday, I came around the corner of the house and the two were close to the nest and in the air and kind of sort of, I wouldn't say dueling with one another, but they were certainly within close contact of one another. They didn't grab talons or anything like that, but they did have this uh, engagement where they were sort of right together and flying together right around the nest. And so I expect that uh, that this is probably the, the season where copulation will be beginning to happen. And uh, I will be uh, hopeful that, the, that they are going to nest and that they will be successful this year. Last year, uh, you may recall, April was a particularly vicious month and it killed off whatever attempts the Eagles made to have babies last year. And by uh, by mid-April, the eagles had abandoned the nest, uh, having failed to bring any eggs to uh, to the state of having a baby. So uh, we'll be watching the eagles' nest and hoping for the best this year. Uh, I mentioned a bunch of plants that have not shown any signs of change, and uh, you can add tamarack to that. The tamaracks are definitely uh, not showing really any sign there seems to be a bit more color in them but if you get right down to it and pull down a branch and look at the buds they're kind of dark gray brown and as they get closer and closer to budding the tip of that bud is going to get lighter and lighter and more golden brown uh, as it gets ready to break bud and it hasn't done that yet so uh, all of this is way early. I mean, the only reason I'm talking about this is because we've had such a mild winter. But uh, if any of those events took place, they would certainly be, uh, if not a month ahead of time, at least several weeks ahead of time. So we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when it does happen, and I hope you'll let me know when it happens at your house. 
I had a report of an active chipmunk. Uh, the students had uh, an active chipmunk down at Long Lake Conservation Center. We heard that this morning. Um, my good friend Kyle Pearson sent me a note and a picture of a happy little chipmunk at his house. And so the chipmunks are awakening and starting to move about. I don't typically see chipmunks until late in March, but uh, this year, who knows, I may get lucky. I think my chipmunks, because I overfeed them, I think they get they get too many seeds. They can stay in the ground until they just don't have anything left to eat down there, and then they come up. We'll see. I'll watch for them, and hopefully mine will be up pretty soon because they always add a fun little addition to the yard. I saw a skunk dead on the highway, which is one of the options that skunks have for a lifetime of uh, fun and entertainment. Um, this one was a rather small one, but uh, not not doing too well, uh, being smashed on the road and all. Uh, but they are definitely getting out and uh, checking out the surroundings. The males are out looking for a female to mate with, and then... Uh, they will uh, sort of disappear and leave the female to handle all of the family upbringing. I took a drive down to uh, Niswa this past weekend and did some work with some kids and or with some uh, uh, with a garden club down there and had a lot of fun. Partly because the drive down and back was so interesting. I saw on the way down, I saw a rough-legged hawk, the, f- the first and only one I've seen this winter along the Mississippi River, kind of north of Aiken. And on the way home, I took a different route and came up 169. And there was a patch of willow along the highway there, north of Aiken, where for about a half a mile on the right-hand side, the east side of Highway 169, there was this swath of red that was willow. And it was so intense that it caught my eye almost immediately. And then it went on for 30 seconds while I was, you know, streaking down the highway. It was just this gorgeous patch of bright red. And mixed in here and there in that patch were a few stems that were orange. And I don't know if that was uh, something that uh, afflicted several of these plants or if these were different willow plants. Willows typically have their own color in the springtime and these guys were definitely red and their backups these uh, these oddballs were definitely orange but boy what a sight and anywhere you're driving around I don't care where you are in northern Minnesota well even down in the south the kids down at uh, Northfield were talking about how bright the red osier dogwoods and the willows are right now every willow whether it's a tree species willow or a shrub species willow, is colorful right now. They are absolutely uh, probably at their peak of color for for the year, really. And uh, I hope you can get out and, and appreciate them. So anywhere you're seeing big monocultures, because willows tend to do that, they uh, you're probably going to see some really, really startling colors. <clears throat> I had a conversation with... Uh, Dallas Hudson over in Akeley yesterday, and he mentioned that trumpeter swans were coming regularly to land on the ice and stay, and sometimes they come at night. I had a pair come into Crooked Lake uh, after dark one night. I heard them honking as they went over my house, 
And uh, people wonder why they would do that. Well, for one thing, if you think about it, if you're a if you're a large goose-like animal, even larger than a goose, like twice the size, um, you uh, need some place where you can keep an eye on things. And uh, what better place than out on the ice? And so they stand on the ice. They spend their, their nights sometimes out in the middle of a lake like that because nothing can get close to them without alerting them and they can quickly fly away. Uh, how do they keep their feet warm? Well, they have uh, they have a device where they can short circuit the blood to the feet. So they don't run uh, blood down to their feet if they don't have to. They just turn it around and run it back in and keep it warm. So they don't they don't suffer cold feet the way you and I might if we hung out on the same same ice. Uh, white-breasted nuthatches are singing uh, kind of a wee 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 sound, which is uh, it, it's a bit like a, the call notes of the robin. And early the, in the spring, like this, when I'm anxiously awaiting some sign of spring. And the the pill or the white-breasted nuthatches start making this call. My first reaction is like, "Oh, is that a robin?" But no, it's the nut nuthatch. Uh, all of the woodpeckers seem to be drumming around my house. Pileated, hairy, downy, red-bellied—they're all making a ruckus in the woods, singing and hammering away at their uh, chosen drumming logs to make a, a good loud noise and let everybody know that this is their territory and that they should stay out. Other other woodpeckers of the same species should stay out. Uh, they allow one another in the same area. I mean, the downy and the hairy and the pileated and the red-bellied, they all get along because they all exploit different niches within the environment. So they'll tolerate, uh, a hairy will tolerate a downy and a pileated and a red-bellied because they're not chasing the same food. So, but a hairy won't tolerate another hairy. Speaking of red bellies, I've had a female at my feeder most of the winter. And in the last couple of days, I've had a couple of, uh, well, now I have a male. And so I'm hoping that maybe with the uh, intended outcome, I'll have a family of red-bellied woodpeckers at my place, which would be pretty exciting for me. Uh, I checked... The, I checked the maples to see if there was any kind of a bud break. There isn't, but the silver maple that, that shades my deck is dripping sap onto the deck every warm day. And uh, I know it's sap because I've put my finger in it and tasted it, and it is sugary sweet. So the sugar maple, the silver maple is, is sending out some, some sap. Speaking of that, Dallas Hudson remarked that he had about 15 or 16 taps out and a couple of weeks ago or or more he collected uh two gallons of sap but he said since then there's been nothing and if you are uh gathering sap if you have taps out uh send us a text to kaxe uh, 218-326-1234 and let us know what your experience has been. This is early, but the weather, the temperature, not so much today, but the temperature over the past uh, several weeks has been amenable to sap production. That is highs in the 40s, lows in the 20s. And that kind of generally brings in or makes the sap flow. So uh, if you have some s maple syruping uh, experience uh, to report, 
Uh, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to know what's going on in your neighborhood and how it's hanging out. Uh, what's going on with that? Uh, one of the other things I was checking on this past week was the uh, trailing arbutus, and that's a evergreen that is a kind of a shrub layer, well, even lower, like right on the ground layer. And I've had to protect mine with fencing to keep the deer from eating it because they come walking through the woods this time of year. They see something green, they're going to eat it. So I have uh, I have quite a large patch now. It's, it's uh, probably three feet by three feet starting from something that was probably a foot by a foot. So it is, uh, it is expanding now that I've fenced the deer out of it. And that's pretty exciting. And it is bright green. They are photosynthesizing every day, I'm sure, because they just are, uh, they're there and there's no snow and no cold. And so they're just probably making sugar as fast as they can. If you're looking for a sign of spring, I would say go out and look at the aspens in your yard. Not the not the big tooth aspens, but the trembling aspens. The trembling aspens around my house, almost all of the males have very plump, fuzzy buds on them right now. And I looked at several females yesterday with binoculars. I could not detect any buds breaking at all, but that's normal. And when they do break, they're rather inconspicuous, even when they're receptive to the pollen. They're a kind of an inconspicuous bud compared to the big fluffy bud of the uh, male trembling aspens. But the male trembling aspens in my yard and around my place are absolutely uh, fuzzy with big fat buds. So get out and have a have a look at them. They're really showing off right now and this is a good time of year for that. A uh, couple of other notes from, from my friend Dallas. He said... Uh, had a deer tick yesterday, and uh, with the winter we've had, deer ticks are going to do just fine. So if you have uh, if you <clears throat> have dogs and cats that uh, that roam outside, you should uh, be be treating them for ticks, and you should uh, treat yourself. Pyrethrin, uh, py pyrethrin. Can't remember now. It's been too long. Uh, there are some drugs. Uh, chemistry that will keep the wood ticks off of you if you wear gaiters around your ankles. Um, but you are going to need to start taking care for that because uh, this winter has been really easy on the deer ticks. And so I expect that we will have lots of them. And uh, Dallas also reported uh, first male mallard coming into Shingabee Lake and Canada goose also came into Shing Shingabee Lake yesterday. So like the trumpeter swans, they're out exploring, looking, uh, checking out the lake that they maybe were raised on and looking for open water wherever they can find it. Water is life. And boy, I'll tell you what, if you are near any open water at all, keep an eye out for it and you will see some real uh, interesting things around water. Uh, all the animals need water. And where it is open, it attracts a lot of critters. So get out and check it out. That's the Phenology Show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. As always, if you have comments, questions, or observations you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you.
You can check out kaxc.org for more phonology. Also there, you can sign up for the Season Watch newsletter that comes out once a week, written by our phonology coordinator, Charlie Mitchell.